Welcome to Talking Book Publishing with Kathleen Kaiser, brought to you by Writers and Publishers Network. Hello, and welcome to the next edition of Talking Book Publishing. I'm Kathleen Kaiser, and today we have Derek Depker, who I met while moderating a panel at BookFest, who I thought had some really interesting ideas for writers looking for inspiration and some guidelines, because uh, many of us need a little, you know, some signposts along the way or things to keep us on track. And I thought this system he had called Aspire was really interesting. So welcome, Derek. Yeah, glad to be here, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm glad you could join us. And what I'd like to do is have you uh, tell us about how you came about creating Aspire and then go into how uh, someone can use this. Yeah, so the way I, I came up with the Aspire method is this is for marketing your writing, marketing your books, marketing yourself as an author or writer. And the way I came up with it is you know, none of the ideas within it are unique to me. It's just studying the most successful authors. What do they do to promote themselves and promote their books? And the challenge that I saw uh, you might be able to relate to as you're listening to this is that there's actually a lot of ideas and a lot of information out there about how to market yourself, how to market books. And for me, it can get a little overwhelming, especially if you have a lot going on. If you're like the typical writer who you might prefer spending more time writing than doing the marketing side of things, what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck? What's going to move the needle the most? If you could only focus on a few key things that can make the biggest difference. So what I wanted to do was look at the most successful writers and the most successful authors and break down what's what's like the 80-20. What's the 20% of things that you can do that's going to give you 80% of the results? And when I boiled it down, it ended up working out uh, that I was able to create this acronym that covers the uh, you know all the biggest um, strategies and tactics that you can do as an author and as a writer to promote yourself. And that is the Aspire method. So um, Kathleen, if you want, I can just jump right into it. If there's anything else uh, before I get well, into no, it. No, I, I really like that because uh, being someone who also does book marketing for other authors, uh, for authors, uh, there are different things that work for each one. It depends on the stories. It depends on what the author's abilities are, how much they're willing to commit to different things. So I'd love to hear more about what you have. So please just jump right in. Yeah, and that's a good uh, setup, Kathleen, in terms of different authors, different abilities. As I go through this, I recommend this is the kind of thing you want take some notes on so you can actually write out the, the word Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, and it's going to represent different strategies and realize that these are the most effective things that you can do. That doesn't mean you even need to do all of these things, though. So uh, I can give some clarification on when you might focus on one of these elements versus another. So with that, we'll jump in right now with A. The A of Aspire stands for ads and any sort of advertising. So advertising is become, um, I, w- I don't necessarily say any of these things are absolutely essential, but as more people are publishing books, especially as more people are able to self-publish, it's becoming the kind of thing where it's going to help to pay and invest at least a little bit of money to get exposure for your books. And so what kind of ads you can run, that could be things like Amazon ads. If you have a book published on Amazon, then being able to promote your book 
and get it in front of people who are searching for similar authors or similar books. So if you're not already familiar with Amazon ads, whenever you search for a book, let's say you're searching paranormal romance or if someone's searching for um, how to market books uh, as an author, right? As people are searching for these terms, you can get your book showing up for those search terms. You can also have your book showing up in uh, on pages for similar authors. So those are Amazon ads. You also have things like Facebook ads and the different social media platforms that you can promote. So back in the day, it used to be you could build like a Facebook fan page and write a post and a lot of your fans would see it. Not so much the case anymore. A lot of times these days, if you want to get your post scene, if you want to get your message seen, it's usually going to be paying for advertisement on platforms like Facebook. Another great platform is BookBub. And a quick tip, if you have an audiobook, then promoting audiobooks on a place like Chirp uh, gets a little more technical. It just heads up. If you have an audiobook out there, you can do Chirp promotions. You can promote it through BookBub. So the biggest thing right now is understanding that there are multiple platforms that you can pay to promote your book. And there are all the different book promotion websites out there. So if I'm going to launch a, a new book or even an existing book and do a special promotion, I'm almost always going to do some type of advertising for that book. And the, the great thing is, you know, getting started with something like Amazon ads, you can do as little as like a dollar a day. So what I recommend with ads is start with one platform and just learn the basics of the, the platform. And if you put in $20 into ads and you haven't made a single sale from it, and you're like, I'm, you know, this isn't working for me, that's actually good insight because it could mean that maybe the cover needs uh, an improvement, the book description, some of these other things you can tweak. And so I don't recommend going out and spending thousands of dollars on ads only to realize that some core element of your book needs to be tweaked. The great thing about ads is you can test with a small budget, see if you're getting a return on that investment. And if not, either reassess your advertising strategy or take a look at some of the elements of your book and tweak those. Uh, the great thing again about ads is that you can get like this on-demand traffic to your book or to your writing, and that can help you, you know, invest a small amount to test, tweak, refine things, get things dialed in before you then go out and spend maybe hundreds or potentially thousands of dollars. Not that that's necessary, but if you're wanting to scale up, do it with a small budget uh, before going bigger. And it might seem like common sense, and at the same time, I do see some authors who like I spent. $2,000 on this PR package or on this book promotion thing. And besides the fact that that might not have been the best service uh, to begin with some of, some of the places out there, I'm still sitting there going, well, what if you would have just spent like $20, test it out, test the waters first, make sure it's, it's uh, working there before you then scale up and start uh, putting way more money into your promotion. Uh, so that's ads. I can go on. Or if you have any uh, questions or comments on that, Kathleen, let me well, know. Well, on that one, on $20, do you find that people would get what it might be that they have the wrong keywords mm -hmm. that they're using? Because I know Amazon runs on keywords. Yeah. So there could be a few things. It could be the keyword targeting, uh, the authors that you're targeting. Um, this gets a little more technical into it. But if you're looking, are you getting clicks to the book page? but not any sales. So if you're getting a lot of clicks, uh, that could show you have uh, you know good keywords, but maybe something on the page uh, they're not buying or it's not the right type of people, which can also tie into keywords. Uh, but if you're not getting many, uh, many clicks, A, uh, you're actually not paying unless you are getting clicks. So that's one nice thing about something yeah. like Amazon ads. 
the other thing is though, it can give you some, some feedback and it, it's not to say my ads aren't working. Therefore it's this one thing. It could be the keywords, could be the cover, it could be the description, uh, but it at least gives you an idea that something needs to be adjusted there. And uh, for me, I'm willing to pay for information. Uh, I don't consider it a failure if I put money into ads and I don't make sales. I go, I'm glad I figured this out here with this $10, $20, maybe $30 budget, because uh, then I can look deeper as to why it's not getting sales uh, versus just sitting there and going, uh, you know, I have no idea if this book is going to sell or not. Uh, because if you're not getting any traffic to your book, then, and it's not making sales, well, is it because of something on the book page or just the fact that no one's seeing it, right? So yeah. uh, the whole you know, refinement process is to give yourself more data that you can make better educated decisions about what you want to tweak. Right. It's like, uh, if you're not getting any click-throughs, to me, only way, like on Amazon, is that they see the little thumbnail of your uh, cover. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no description. There's a title and a cover there. And maybe your cover is wrong. A lot of people have a pre-designed, I found a preconceived idea of what their cover should look like, and they don't give it up. They don't let somebody who's a professional cover designer say, well, that's not really quite the right font or something. They, they go, no, 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 we're going to stick with this. And then they wonder why they're not getting any clicks. Yeah. And so that's a great a bit of feedback is going, I'm not getting any clicks. Uh, you can actually see a lot of people are seeing it. Um, and these are, you know, you, once you're pretty sure you got the right type of keywords, you're like, well, it's showing up. People are seeing it. They're not clicking on it. That would be uh, likely a, possibly a cover issue. Uh, it could be a title issue for dealing with nonfiction. And mm -hmm. so uh, a good litmus test is, and this is Sometimes it's hard to be objective with your own work. It's hard, challenging for me to be objective with my own work in, in books, uh, some outside feedback. And if you can get yourself in the mindset of going, okay, would I actually see this cover on a bookshelf of a bookstore? Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're self-published or, you know, an indie author still think, would this show up on a, a bookshelf? And a lot of times, if you're honest with yourself, you can say, yeah, that looks like a really professionally designed cover or no, that looks a little amateurish. It doesn't look uh, look as good. And uh, another thing that can throw uh, the cover off sometimes is even if it's a professionally designed cover, it looks good. I've seen covers where I'm working with authors and I go, that doesn't look like the genre. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like that's a memoir. I thought this was a ghost story. <laughs> like it doesn't, doesn't match or that's a nonfiction. I saw this uh, maybe about a month or so ago. I'm like, that looks like a romance book cover, but it was like a nonfiction weight loss book. And I'm in, it wasn't just my feedback. Other people were making that comment too. So besides it looking professional, just uh, an alignment as you're saying, Kathleen, like people have expectations of what certain covers would look like in a genre. And it's got to match that, those expectations. Right. The one thing I tell people when I'm having problems with them understanding there's a tr there's trouble with their cover, as I said, let's print it out, the actual size, glue it on to a piece of cardboard, go down to the local Barnes and Noble, go to your section of the store, put it up and look at it next to it. What are your type fonts like? What is your background? What are your colors? What are your images? And I've never had anyone except one person walk away and go, oh, I, yeah, I see. I, I don't look, I don't fit in. Yep. Yeah. That's a great uh, 
exercise or practice that you can do. And exactly as you're saying, it's got to fit in. It's kind of a paradox uh, that you got to fit in and stand out, uh, meaning you fit into the genre expectations and yet also grab the eye. So it's kind of like you're doing two paradoxical things. Uh, but ultimately, it's, it really tends to lean more towards fitting in uh, to the expectations uh, that people have. So yeah, that's a great practice that you can um, that you can do. And um, it seemed like there was one other thing I wanted uh, to mention on, on that. If you go through that and have the experience of it yourself, uh, this, is the, this is the thing I wanted to share, is that what you're talking about, Kathleen, is seeing it in context. If yes. you just look at your cover by itself, you might go, oh, this looks fine. But how does it fit in context being surrounded by other books? So whether it's in a physical bookstore or online, people aren't just looking at your cover. They're looking at your cover and then the surrounding covers around it. And that's where you want to make the assessment. Yes. It's like the ghost book that isn't a memoir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your example. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. So the next piece is the S in the Aspire Method and S stands for social media. And social media, you know, obvious uh, platforms like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, so on and so forth. And the thing, uh, biggest thing I'll, I'll point out with social media is you don't have to be everywhere. Okay. Uh, I would recommend if you pick one to two platforms to start out with that you master. And it's partly this sort of imagine a Venn diagram where it's the combination of where are your readers or fans at or your potential readers or fans at. Because if they're not on that social media platform, then you know you can be there for fun. But you're probably not going to do much for uh, your business. So where's your audience at? And there's typically different demographics for different social media platforms. Uh, combined with, ideally, what do you actually have a, a passion for? Now, I, I'll admit, I'm not a big social media guy. I uh, I mean, I'll, I'll check out social media. I can see the issues with it being a distraction or things like that. At the same time, that's where many readers are at. They are engaging there. Uh, social media can be great uh, at times for interacting with your your fans. And so uh, this is a great way to get, you know, um, do cover reveal teases and answer, uh, you know, posts about excerpts from your book, you know, talking about taking people inside your life as an author. And it's one of those things where if I, if I give one takeaway from this that helps is, I'm a very logical person. If you can relate, you're like, I don't see the point in social media. What does it matter? You know, like posting what you had for lunch the other day or whatever. And not that you need to do that. Mm -hmm. What I've come to appreciate though, is that when people connect with you on a personal level, they did a, a research study. And it's like, if people went into negotiations for maybe it's a big business deal and they just revealed something about themselves, maybe they like skiing and the other person likes skiing, or they, they have a passion for, you know, whatever it is. I'm a guitar player. So maybe I mentioned guitar and like, Oh, you play guitar. I play guitar. These little bits of personal connection, when they had some personal connection that maybe had nothing to do with the negotiation, they were much more likely to actually come to a deal. So giving a little bit, whether it's through social media or email, you don't have to, you know, reveal everything about your life. It's okay to be, you know, somewhat of a private person. I'm a hardcore introvert. At the same time, if you can reveal a little bit about your passions, even if you're writing under a pin name and taking people into your life a little bit, even if it doesn't have a direct connection to the topic of your book, from a human to human standpoint, 
that can help create that connection that then builds a bond that can sort of indirectly lead to potentially people more likely uh, wanting to buy your books. So uh, big takeaways of social media is that it's an opportunity to create that human connection. And I recommend focusing, uh, particularly at first, just find one or two platforms that you feel comfortable with, or you know, your audience is at, and uh, don't, uh, you know, don't feel you have to be, you know, on 27 different platforms trying to manage it all. Right. Perfect. Cool. Uh, the next piece, so we covered ads, we covered social media. The next piece is P, and that stands for platforms. And platforms, uh, I'll give a quick mention, Hal Elrod sold over a million books, uh, self-published uh, book, The Miracle Morning, went on to build a huge brand with it. And he talked about different strategies that he did to promote that book. He went on television shows, he spoke on uh, stages, he did all these things. And he said his number one way of selling books, number one strategy was guest podcasting. And guest podcasting, that's what I categorize under platforms. It can also be guest blogging. It can also be speaking. It could be, you know, I'm here on this podcast, right? <laughs> so uh, basically someone else has built an audience and I've, I've worked with fiction authors, novelists who also uh, take this approach. I actually did some research looking at the USA Today bestseller list, and I was looking at many of the top authors there. And a great way to find places to get featured on is search for an author name and then guest podcast. So um, a guy who writes on habits is James Clear, and I also write on habits. So I would search James Clear guest podcast. And if he's been on those podcasts, might be a fit for me as well. And I did this with romance authors and thriller authors and sci-fi authors and all kinds of different authors. And you can see that they're out there. They're doing interviews on different podcasts or different blogs or different stages, speaking, things like that. So getting featured on a place that already has your audience built in. Now, there's a whole art and science where we could spend you know five hours talking about how to pitch these places and, and get on them. Right now, I just want to plant the seed that the the mindset of who's already built my audience, how can I connect with a host who can then feature me for their audience? And uh, for the novelists out there, uh, I was working with one of my clients, Lisa, and she has a, a book, I believe it's like young adult uh, type of style. And in her book, she's got a lot of this these themes about like music and rock bands and like the, the early two thousands. So she went on like radio shows and she went on podcasts kind of talking about that era and the music and kind of talking about how that influenced her novel. Right. Another author is a romance author. And in her past, she was a psychiatrist and she got into writing romance to kind of teach some of the relationship lessons that she was sharing in her, uh, her psychology practice. So not only could she go on podcasts talking to romance fans, she can even go on love and relationship podcasts and talk about some of the themes there that are in her books and some of the lessons that she learned as a psychiatrist. So I say this to just expand your mind to what's possible, that there might be a lot of different platforms out there, places where you can talk about the themes in your book, some of the, the concepts, the research that went into it. And that can be really interesting for people and as a way of getting the word out about your book. Okay. Very good. I love that. Cool. Uh, next piece is I, and that stands for influencers. And it's sort of related to platforms in that there are influencers who've built up an audience of your fans. And probably the simplest influencer to reach out to would be a fellow author, 
uh, an author who also writes in your genre. So you see this a lot of times, authors might do cross promotions. I'll promote your book, you promote my book. We'll do a box set. We'll do a joint giveaway where we get a number of different uh, sci-fi authors together and we'll each give away one of our books. So there's a lot of different strategies for doing this. The biggest thing is, uh, think about how many books you've purchased because someone you know, like, and trust recommended it. For me, that's about 80% of the books. I literally went through my Amazon uh, book purchase uh, page one time and I go, yep, I remember who recommended that. I remember hearing someone recommend that book. And it was about 80% came from recommendations, not from just randomly stumbling upon a book. So the mindset again is like, who could recommend your book on your behalf and who's got an audience already? So influencer marketing, that's one of the go-to ways that I recommend. And I know it's probably going to come up. Someone's sitting there thinking, yeah, but Derek, I'm I'm like just starting out. I'm a, I'm a no-name author. I don't have a big audience. Uh, why is anyone going to want to promote my book? And first of all, that's how I started out. And that's how just about every author starts out. So you're in good company. Like that's just normal. And there are ways of, of doing it. I give a quick practical thing that I did starting out was I mentioned other authors in my book. And it wasn't done with an expectation like, oh, I'm going to mention this author. So therefore they'll share my book with, with their audience. I just genuinely appreciated other authors and bloggers and people who I respected. So I might mention them in the contents of my book. Now that's nonfiction. So maybe it was a certain tip that I learned from someone and I'd give them a, a shout out and mention their website. Even as a, a fiction author or a novelist, you can have an acknowledgements page. You can let this author know, hey, I've been recommending your books um, for a long time and send them a testimonial, send them a thank you note. And I recommend you do this, not going in with a what can I get attitude, but what can I give? Doing this, not expecting them to do something in return or share uh, their your book with their audience, First, it's just about building the relationship, really trying to support other authors in your genre. And many times when you do that, naturally, they might take an interest in what you're doing. You might offer to send them a gift copy of your book because you're so grateful how they've inspired you, whatever it is. And then over time, if they read your book, they let you know that they really liked it. Then you can uh, follow up with discussions about possibly doing cross promotions or they share uh, your book with their audience or gifting a free copy of your book to their audience to build your email list. There's a lot of different strategies. Again, the key thing is the principle here, the high level concept is someone else has an audience of your fans. And if you get them to promote your book to their audience, you could have almost no one in your following, but they could have thousands of people in their following. And I've literally seen hundreds of sales come in because someone else sent an email about one of my, my books. So planting the seeds here, start building these relationships and start out right now. If you need one action step for today, go out there and just send a thank you note, send a testimonial, maybe even send a video testimonial to an author in your genre without any expectation of getting something in return, just to basically brighten their day, make their day and kick off that relationship. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next piece is the R. This is referrals. Uh, or reader recommendations. So the P, the I, the R is really all about getting other people. And actually, most of these strategies are about getting other people to uh, promote your book or build, help you build an audience. So with reader referrals, this is the kind of thing, I'll, uh, one simple takeaway is going, how can I make it easy for my readers to recommend my book? Now, one thing is just remind them, hey, if you enjoyed this, 
you know, please uh, let your friends know about it. Please post about it on social media or, or whatever else. And taking it a little further, you can actually pre-write something that they could share about your book. So if, you, if you've ever seen these things where it's like, click here to retweet this or click here to, to tweet this message, think about kind of writing a message for, uh, for people to share. And so it could be, if you're a fan of X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z could be three author names or three book titles. Um, if you're a fan of these authors, you might really love insert your book title and then with a link to it. So you can give things, think about how can I give something to someone, a message that they can literally just copy and paste. And then all you say is, Hey, if you enjoyed this book, here are a few messages you could copy and paste onto your social media or that you could tweet out or whatever it is. So this way you're getting your readers, your fans to recommend your book on your behalf. And then final piece, which is possibly the most important piece, all roads lead back to this E, this, this uh, E in the Aspire method. And that is email, email marketing. Most sales are driven by email. And if you even go to like big book promotion sites like BookBub, how do they sell most of their books? It's through their email list, right? So your ads can drive people back to your email list. Your social media posts and bio can drive people back to your email list. When you go on podcasts, you can use that to build your email list. All these different strategies can be promoting your email list. People might not buy your book the first time they hear about it, but if they're on your email list, they hear about it multiple times, they hear about other books and offers that you have, that is really the core of your business. And if you build a big Instagram page and then something happens and it gets shut down, you just lost your whole following. I've heard that happening to people, but your email list is that's data that you own. And uh, I consider email marketing to be the foundation for authors and really pretty much any online business all boils down to email. Um, now we could go really deep into that as we could at any of these subjects, but the biggest thing here I'll give you is make sure you have a compelling offer for people to sign up for your email list and engage them regularly. If you're going, if you're emailing once every six months, go for at least once a month. If you're doing once a month, go for uh, every couple of weeks. I'm a big believer in emailing more often. I know some people go, well, Derek, you know, who really wants to read newsletters or I don't like getting that many newsletters. To me, the mindset is how do you make your newsletter so good that people want to to read it, that it's engaging, you're telling stories or doing something that people look forward to. And the other thing is no one, it's true. No one is lying awake in bed at night going, man, I really need another newsletter to join. I just, I don't, I'm not on enough email newsletters. That's not happening. Right. So you want to make your offer to join your newsletter compelling. And then when they get on there, make yourself the exception so that people go, you know, I, I hear this, like I delete a lot of other people's emails, but I always read your emails get into that mindset. And when you have that, people wanting to join your email list and stick around, that's when you're going to see the power of email marketing uh, potentially take off. Right. I find email is my biggest, uh, like when I'm promoting the webinars or promoting uh, what we do with the Writers and Publishers Network, email is our number one thing. And mm -hmm. it, you know, we steadily get people signing up. We give away an ebook if they sign up to be on it. And it works. It builds lists. Yeah, it's still, um, you know, all the data that I've seen shows that it's the highest ROI. You tend to get the most engagement. Uh, you can have a huge social media following. And that again, that can still be important. But the amount of conversions and sales that come from other platforms uh, just never seems to be as good as what you get from email. 
Yeah. And another way to do email, I find, to build that list, because it's building the list that's important, is do a giveaway. You promote yep. that on social media, but they you drive them back to your website to sign up for the giveaway. Exactly. That's the whole idea that you have the, the, the AS... P-I-R, you know, these, these uh-huh. first components, but that's driving back to email. doesn't mean you can't also send people to your book page or, you know, directly to make a sale. Ultimately though, my priority and what I recommend is make your priority. If you, if you just need one thing that kind of, it's the glue that holds everything together. It's all of these different roads leading back to building your email list. Yeah, I find email marketing, it's kind of, um, you know, word of mouth is still probably the very best way to sell something when somebody says something like on social media or you get an email it's still word of mouth yep yeah and ultimately whether it's email uh word of mouth all these things you can boil it down to one thing and that is relationships and um it, so if you approach your email list or if you approach your social media as if it's oh these are just numbers oh it's just these you know uh numbers and abstract data it's not going to be as effective as if you realize hey i'm, I'm speaking to human beings i'm building a relationship with people and it, it could seem obvious when you just say it out loud. And yet at the same time, even I can sometimes forget like, no, there's human beings on the other end of this. And so writing to, to humans, speaking like you're talking to a close friend, that's going to translate into the way that you craft your messages, remembering it's all about building these relationships. If you have a big email list, but you don't have a good relationship with that list, it's not likely going to be as effective as if you have a smaller list, but you have a really deep bond with that list. Yeah, because those people become some of your influencers. They go out and talk about what you're doing, talk, uh, you know, post about it on whatever social media they're on, and they really help with uh, driving sales. Well, that is really inspiring. So will you just go over Aspire again and what they stand for? Yep. Uh, So to recap, A stands for ads, your different advertising platforms to promote your book, promote your writing, promote you as an author or writer. S stands for social media. The P uh, are any of the platforms. So that could be guest podcasting, guest blogging, speaking on stages, speaking in summits. Basically, someone's built an audience and they're featuring you. I as influencers. So this is a specific person who has an audience uh, that can share on your behalf. And uh, there's a kind of crossover between P and I. Uh, The difference though is usually with platforms, you're doing more of the actual work. You might be speaking or writing something. I, it could just be someone else sending an email saying, hey, check out this person's uh, book. And maybe it doesn't require as much of your effort they're promoting for you. The R are readers or referrals, your actual fans that are promoting on your behalf. And E is email and building your email list and engaging with your email list. Right. Perfect. Well, I think that is really gives everyone a roadmap on once they've had to take off their writer's hat and put on their book marketer hat, it's a good directional course to follow and to lay out a plan, budget, which you have to have a budget, but do your time. And in the end, email in the end, I think is probably the most cost-effective way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because once you've got their names, you have their name until they unsubscribe. (laughs) That Usually they just sort of trash if they don't want to read you that day. But anyway, well, Derek, I think this was fabulous. This is a good, uh, as I said, I'm reusing the word roadmap over and over, but I like that term because you got to know where you're starting and where you're going. And Aspire gives you a very succinct 
uh, plan that you can put together and follow. So thank you, Derek. And why don't you give us your um, website so people can learn more about you? Yeah, you can learn more. You go to bestsellersecrets.com and that's where you get a free copy of the book, Why Authors Fail. You also see some more templates, examples, practical ways to implement what we've talked about here today. And that's also a way to get on a daily newsletter, which will give you more tips and insights and, and things on all things book writing and marketing. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. And um, hopefully we'll, I'll see you again on another panel because I find this very interesting. And I find book marketing something that most people have no idea how to do because they've never had to market anything in their life. And it's where they need the most help. And I think this is another tool, what you have that can help them. So thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Kathleen. Talking Book Publishing is brought to you by Writers and Publishers Network, a resource for writers and indie publishers at every level and offers tools to be successful in their writing career. Writersandpublishersnetwork.com. Don't miss our after-hour segment, Conversations with the Producer, a segment where our producer, Adana Moriarty, talks with our guests and lets the conversation mosey wherever it moseys to. Mm-hmm.